Good morning, White Oak, and welcome to church today. My name is Kevin, and I am so glad to be with you. I love the start of something new. That's why I'm really excited about today. Today, we begin a new sermon series that we will be in for eight weeks. This is a little longer than normal for us, but we wanted to take some time here at the beginning of the year and just sit in a single book of the Bible. We're going to spend the next two months covering the book of Acts. Our series is called Acts, The Church in Motion, because the book we're covering, the book of Acts, is a history of the beginning of the Christian church. The book of Acts is a sequel. The author of this book's name is Luke. He also writes one of the Gospels, which is named after him. Now, Luke's first book is an account of the life of Jesus. His follow-up book is an account of the life of the church. We get a small glimpse of this at the beginning of the book of Acts. Look with me, starting with verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles, he had chosen, after his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. That's Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Luke addresses both his gospel and the book of Acts to someone named Theophilus. Some argue that this could be two Greek words combined that mean God lover. So this could be addressed to the church as a whole. But it's much more likely that Luke is writing his letter and his gospel to a man named Theophilus, most likely a nobleman, who Luke hopes to share both the story of Jesus and the story of the church with. He reminds him of what he discussed in his first writing, all that Jesus began to do and teach. He also gives us some insight into the 40 days Jesus was on earth between the resurrection and his ascension back into heaven. Jesus spent that time presenting himself to them and convincing him that he indeed was alive. Our hope in this series is to take a deep look at the book of Acts and discover what the early church was all about. What kind of things were they devoted to? How did they live their life? What impact did the Holy Spirit have on these first believers? What can we learn from them? What actions can we put into practice? See, Acts in the title is short for actions. This is the actions of the early church. This is the actions of the apostles. This is the actions of the Holy Spirit. A recorded history of the actions of the first Jesus followers. As a church, we want our life to share the same passions and priorities as these very first followers of Jesus because they were following what many of them had witnessed Jesus do. So we want to learn from this book. And this is also a chance as a church 
to spend time in the Word of God. We have a few things that you can partner with us over the next eight weeks in. First, you can make it a priority to tune in either in person or online each week for the Acts series. Second, you can read along with us. We have a special bookmark available both on our website and in person. And these bookmarks contain our reading plan and weekly questions as you read through the book of Acts. Third, it's not too late to join a life group. We would love for you to be meeting in community and discussing the content from Acts with others. Third, it's not too late to join a life group. We would love for you to be meeting in community and discussing the contents from Acts with others. Please go to our website, thewcc.com, if you'd like to join a life group. Fourth, we will have weekly content on our Facebook pages. If you don't already follow our campus pages, please search for WCC Ross or WOCC Colerain to keep up to date with the extra content that we'll be sharing there. So as you can see, we are all in on the Book of Acts. We want you to get the most out of the next eight weeks. We want to read through this book together and see what truths God wants to reveal to us. I'm excited about this series and what it will mean for our church. Do we have any Karate Kid fans here? I love the Karate Kid. And if you're familiar with the franchise, you know that there are three movies with Ralph Macchio, and then there's one with the girl from Million Dollar Baby. Forget that one, okay? Karate Kid 1 ends with this epic showdown with Johnny Lawrence and the All-Valley Karate Championship. But Karate Kid 2, the sequel, starts not where Karate Kid 1 left off, but actually showing the end of Karate Kid 1. So we see the fight again. It's done to make this seamless transition from one movie to the next, and to remind us of where we've been. If you read Luke's Gospel and then read Acts, the exact same thing is done. Acts starts by overlapping with the end of Luke. If you are an extra credit kind of person, you may enjoy reading Luke's gospel as we also read through the book of Acts. Luke ends his gospel with two things. One, he tells Jesus' disciples not to leave Jerusalem until they receive power from on high. He's referring to the Holy Spirit. And number two, he tells of Jesus' ascension back into heaven. Acts chapter 1 covers these exact two things. So in Acts 1, 4 and 5, Jesus tells his followers not to leave the area until God sends them the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus' followers are not exactly sure what's going on. So in verse 6, one of them asks Jesus if now is the time where Jesus is going to be king and rule over Jerusalem. Are you going to take over? Are you going to kick out Rome and give us positions of power? 
That dying thing, man, that was really cool. That raising from the dead, that was awesome. No one saw that coming. Now stop messing around and take your throne as king like David. They didn't get it. Still, they couldn't see it. And what happens next will not make anything any easier. Jesus is leaving. He's been trying to prepare them for this from the very beginning, but they've not wanted to hear it. Jesus' response is classic. He simply gives them no answer at all. He said to them, It's not for you to know the time or dates the Father has set by his own authority. That's Acts chapter 1, verse 7. If I had to read between the lines, Jesus is saying, not now. I will. Someday I will sit on a throne and rule, but not today. What he does do is he paints a picture for them of an assignment that he's leaving them with. Hey guys, I'm going to go, but while I'm gone, I'm sending you a helper. And I've got some work for you to do. Let's take a look at Luke chapter 1, verse 8. He says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's Acts chapter 1, verse 8. This is such an important passage of Scripture. This is the book of Acts, Great Commission. When you hear the phrase, the Great Commission, it normally refers to Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. That says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. These are some of Jesus' last words that Matthew records before Jesus returns to heaven. He gives his followers a mission of making disciples or followers. Make more followers of Jesus. Luke captures this interaction between Jesus and his followers right before he leaves. And here's what Jesus tells them. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Acts 1, 8. Two things I want you to see from this verse. Number one, Jesus is promising them power from the Holy Spirit. Jesus is leaving, but he's not leaving them alone. Here at White Oak, we did a series covering the Holy Spirit last year. It's not something we spend very much time talking about, but the Holy Spirit is part of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All these are, all three are fully God, uh, but they take on these different personalities. 
God the Father, the Creator, Jesus the Son, the Sacrifice, and the Holy Spirit, the Intercessor, the Companion, the Helper. In the Gospel of John, towards the end, right before His crucifixion, Jesus begins to tell His followers about the coming of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus actually says that I must leave so that one greater than me can come. What I believe that Jesus means is that while here on earth, Jesus was always in one place at one time. He spent most of his time with 12 men. He had a few hundred men and women and children that followed him around. His teaching and impact was limited because while being fully God, he was also fully human. The Holy Spirit is given to all of us who call on the name of Jesus. He is a promise to those who believe and are baptized in the name of Jesus. Instead of one man in one place at a time, the Holy Spirit is living in all of us, all around the world. This is the first part of the verse. They were going to receive power when the Holy Spirit came on them. And it's not just a promise of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was going to empower them. They would be different. We're going to see this lived out more in the coming weeks. But let's just say that no one in the book of Acts is ever the same after the Holy Spirit shows up. Number two, they are called to be as witnesses. A witness in a legal sense is someone who testifies about what they saw. Jesus wants these men who had both spent the last three years with him but also witnessed his death, burial, and resurrection to tell people about it. He says your mission is to go here, near, and far telling people about who I am. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He starts with here, Jerusalem. That's where they were. Judea, that was nearby. Samaria, farther away, but more than that. If you know anything about the Bible or Jesus, you may know that Samaria is the enemy. They're now part of the mission, part of the assignment to the ends of the earth. There is no limit to how far Jesus wants the message of hope to reach. So in Jesus' final words, he gives a promise and an assignment. A promise of the Holy Spirit and an assignment to be a witness and to testify about the life of Jesus to the world. Here's our big idea for today. We have the same promise that these men had over 2,000 years ago. The promise of the Holy Spirit. And we have the same assignment. So our big idea today is our assignment is to take the hope of Jesus here, near, and far. Since the day Jesus left earth, the assignment has not changed. Jesus left by giving his closest followers a mission. A mission to tell the world one person at a time about the love and the grace that are available through faith in Jesus. I keep referring to 
Luke's first book as a gospel. Gospel simply means good news. Jesus' assignment is to be a witness, to testify to others about the good news. What's good news? Good news is that instead of death, Jesus offers life. Good news is that instead of judgment, Jesus offers grace. Good news is that even though I don't deserve it, Jesus offers forgiveness. Good news is that Jesus offers us a relationship with God. And that through Jesus, we are made sons and daughters. Now, Jesus' followers spent three years with him. And they were witnesses to some pretty amazing things. They have lots to tell people. What about you? What have you been witness to? What have you seen Jesus do in your life? See, that's what Jesus is calling us to share. You don't need to be a Bible scholar. You don't have to come in here today knowing who Theophilus is. You only need to be able to talk to someone about what you've seen Jesus do in your life. Where you've seen Jesus show up in your life and in the life of those around you. I loved what Jane said a few weeks ago when she shared with us. This idea that trusting Jesus wasn't this big all-at-once thing, but it was this collection of moments. She used marbles to demonstrate what that looked like. All of us have this collection of moments. Maybe not this one giant all-encompassing story, uh, but these small moments collected over time. Our assignment is to take the hope of Jesus here, near, and far. The assignment given in Acts 1 is the same assignment that we have. The promise given in Acts 1 is the same promise that we have. We are promised the power of the Holy Spirit. And we are challenged to take the hope of Jesus here, near, and far. So what's your here, near, and far? Here could be your home. It could start with your family. Your near could be your workplace or your school. It could be a team or a club. What are the far-off places that Jesus has called you to? Those hard-to-reach, uncomfortable places. Jesus has called you to take hope. We experience full life in Jesus when we are on the path to experiencing His promise and fulfilling His assignment. Jesus gives his followers, the assignment. And now look at what comes next. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid them from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand there looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. That's Acts chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. 
I can picture this so clear in my mind. Jesus' followers have just watched him ascend up into heaven. It's miraculous. It's beautiful. They are worshiping Jesus. Two angels show up and see 11 men staring up at the sky. What are you guys looking at? Jesus. Yeah, he left. He's coming back, don't worry, but not today. Let's go, guys. You have work to do. I think these angels totally interrupted the vibe of the moment. But here's the thing. How long would they have just stayed there? I'm not talking physically. I'm talking emotionally. In that moment. Church, sometimes we get stuck doing good things. Uh, Things that are just fine, uh, but do they move us any closer to our mission? When I was young, as a new youth minister, I took so much pride in how many kids I could get to an event. I would throw these lock-ins, or we would have hundreds of kids come. I remember renting three school buses just to get kids from Bright, Indiana to Clifford YMCA. I was so impressed with the number of students gathered. But then I looked back at these early years, these huge events, and I can't remember one conversation I had with someone about the hope of Jesus. It's so easy to get distracted. And I think that those two angels showed up to remind these men of the mission. What's got you distracted from the mission God has for your life? What's keeping you from sharing with someone what you've seen Jesus do? We have just begun to look at the book of Acts. Remember, we want you partnering with us, listening to the weekly messages, reading along with us through the book, joining a life group for deeper discussion, and following along on social media for even more content. We're excited to see how this series impacts our church. We're excited to see how this series impacts our life. Jesus gave a promise and an assignment to his followers just before he left earth. He gives us the exact same promise and the exact same assignment. Our promise is that he has not left us alone. We have the promise of the Holy Spirit living in us. Our assignment is to take the hope of Jesus here, near, and far. So let me ask you, what steps are you taking to share your story with someone around you? How can we take the hope of Jesus beyond these walls into our homes, our schools, our workplaces, our communities? I hope you will join us on this journey through Acts as we see how the willingness of a faithful few to follow through on this assignment will change the world forever. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to study your word, to be challenged, God, by the words that we read. God, help us to be witnesses 
to be able to tell people about the things that we've seen your son do. God, give us the power of the Holy Spirit that we might be able to take the hope of Jesus here, near, and far. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.